0: Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz.
1: And welcome to Elijah Streams. I'm Steve Schultz, your host, along with my wife Doreen. We founded this whole thing uh, right at, it's about to hit 26 years ago or technically still than 25 years ago, but anyway, it is uh, I'm telling you, believe me, it's Thursday, March 30. Uh, We are recording this three days ahead. It's actually, you see the clock behind me, it says Monday the 27th. So we are recording this. Technically, we have recorded this episode. Doreen and I flew out uh, just days ago to see Johnny and Elizabeth Enloe. We hung out with them for the weekend. And while we were there, Elizabeth uh, uh, wanted to record a show, which I uh, readily agreed to, but she wanted to do it of our lives, Doreen and myself. Many of you have not actually met Doreen. Uh, we've been married 45 years. It'll be 46 years this June. I hope I'm saying that right. And uh, you know, it's been great. And we, but there's been a lot to talk about. There's, you know, people can, everybody could write a book about their lives, and we're no exception to that. But uh, Elizabeth interviewed and Johnny sat down and Liz, and uh, interviewed both of us, asking us questions for what happened, how did we meet, what were some of the traumas in our life, you know, how did we process these things. How do we, um, you know, they, then they asked many questions about the Elijah list, Elijah streams and all that. So it's very interesting. And um, you'll see that we had a few emotional moments as well. So it was uh, it was the most thorough that my wife and I have ever done. Dream doesn't gravitate towards the camera. So I wasn't sure how she would do it. She did a great job. And uh, so the two of us kind of told our story. I hope you'll you know, people will, let me say it this way, people will meet us at these events and they'll say, man, I feel like I know you. I think after you watch this, you'll know us even a lot better. So without further delay, uh, here is that show we recorded with Johnny and Elizabeth. Enjoy.
2: Well, hello, everyone. We are excited to be with you today and we have some great guests. Yay! longtime friends of ours that we have not had the privilege of having in our house before steve and doreen schultz and um you know for those of you who watch us on Elijah streams you see uh, we'll see steve and me you know we spend about an hour and 45 minutes yeah. uh every day we've done that for a couple of years yeah. and so we you know that's pretty close but we still haven't had him in our house it's still a different thing having in the house and so we're excited about doing that. We're trying to think of when the first time and how we connected, because we've been. Um,
1: I, the, the reason, the way I remember connecting with you is, I had seen because we were always with the Elijah list. It Was yes. before the Elijah streams. Now the Elijah streams is a bigger uh, anointing if you, if you yeah. put that way, but. Yeah. I saw some prophetic words that, that you'd given over California and some gold being discovered. I go, hey, I want to oh, wow. find out more about this gold thing. And I don't think it's been fulfilled yet, but you, but you have an anointing in that area. So I, I wrote to you and asked you to share on that. And that's how that
2: started. Wow. So I, I remember that.
3: That's but, about the time we moved to California. Yeah. And you guys are on the West Coast in yes. Oregon. Yeah.
2: And there was actually, you know what, there's... Going back a few years before then, when we were still pastoring in Atlanta, when those and I were pastoring in yeah. Atlanta, I had a word on uh, the Ites, the Hittites, Jebusites, Girgashites, and there was one on the Hittites and the spirit of fear associated with it. And Kathy Walters said, "Could I send this to?" Oh, Steve really? Sh-? So there was a, a, a probably a space of a few years in between the first word. And then okay. it was, you're right, when we moved to California 2013, 2012, before, before we left, it started to be a, kind of a regular. But we didn't meet you until the first um, Elijah List conference while we were in, in California. That's when we actually met Doreen and Stephen. So,
3: but to, you had been reading Elijah List um, oh, for a while, right? Yeah. When?
2: I mean, from, when was when's the beginning of Elijah List,
1: Well, that was uh, 1997. Was it about uh, 1997 I'm getting that right right is that 35 right? 20 years we're about to hit 26 years so
2: That's incredible. that was
1: way way back there so it was like what is that well like you said 26 years in April
2: so yeah anyway we're glad to have them yeah
3: <laughs> so on someone you should know we try to we try to interview people that obviously we think you need to know and I would assume that most of you if not all of you already feel like you know at least Steve but you've had <laughs> rare opportunities to also hear from Doreen. So before they even agreed to come visit us and us just have some time together, I said, "Well, you're here, could we please interview you? And, you know, I'm, I'm always like wanting to know the story behind the story. Yeah. And um, there's also the woman behind the man, right? <laughs> <laughs> and you guys are a team. Y'all, y'all operate like a team. And your picture of team looks a little different than our picture of a team. But yet we also know the authority that you walk in, Doreen. I know that um, one of the things you've said a couple of times over this weekend as we've just all been hanging out is that I'm the one who writes the checks. <laughs> <laughs> it was in the context of some things we were talking about. But in that, I was thinking about how, you know, to, to write a check in the natural, you have to have authority. And basically... Power you're, of attorney
2: to do Yeah, Yeah. Your, your
3: authority is is the, the signature, it's the, the thing that allows what you're providing to get to who it needs to pro- be provided to. And the Lord was just telling me that is so true about your role spiritually. And the people that you guys, your lives and the choices that you've made from very young that have led to where you are now and the impact that that y'all are having through Elijah streams is huge. And I know one reason we wanted to do this is just to say thank you if we're able to do that on behalf of so many who have been, you know, like that y'all will not, not know until eternity. Like y'all are going to be in a long line for a long time in eternity, both of you, because of the impact your lives together have had. Mm-hmm. And and right now it's through Elijah's streams, But um, so, yeah, we wanted to just hear from you guys. How the Lord um, positioned you, even from very young, the story behind the story of, of how you are able to partner with God in the ways that you partner with them now. And Elijah streams now, you were just telling me, Steve has, make sure I get this right, a million and a half, at least, um, unique viewers every 90 days. Right, that's right. I mean, that is serious kingdom impact. And on top of that, it's not just views. We're talking about every view is an opportunity for um, for the body of Christ to be encouraged and equipped and to be given hope and a, and a more correct, accurate perspective in a time where we need it so much. Yeah. And, Let me
2: jump in on that yeah. just on the views. Yeah. Is, you know, as opposed to no knocking TikTok or Instagram or, or whatever but those are a few seconds somebody will have a ton of views and it'll be that but this is people who commit to a whole message yeah. anywhere from hour and 45 minutes yeah. to hours to you know almost everything is 45 minutes to an hour at least so this is this is a major messaging that people are committing to and and it's 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 a big deal but it is
3: okay so our first question for you we're gonna do a little interview here um we want to know give us both of you who y'all can decide who wants to go first but we want to hear a little bit of your childhood and I know Steve has had a little more opportunity maybe not in sequence to kind of share your background and and then we're gonna. Before we end, we're going to connect it to even what you guys are doing right now. But um, who wants to go first? He doesn't. (laughs) 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 Doreen volunteers. There's so many places you can jump in. (laughs) I've
1: shared publicly. Some on my own channel. Uh, I've gone on flyover conservatives. You have a more dedicated thing. I've gone out and speak. I grew up as a child of abuse, but I was one of six kids. Uh, my family. sisters were long-term victims of abuse by my dad. I just now, I talk about it publicly because it's what really happened. Yeah. This is what we really came through. My older brother and myself as well, but not not to the degree. I, I was, it, it, and this is a true story, of the six kids, and they will all confirm that I was the one of the six that was the least favorite. My dad did not like me wow. and picked on me. But, you know, I didn't realize this for a lot of my growing up, I just thought this was how things mm-hmm. were. So, you know, kids don't really know. They don't process. They don't say, oh, why am I the least favorite? That came later in life. Well, When we were um, standing outside of my father's, he was in the funeral home for viewing. He died in uh, 1991 at the age of 59. We stood outside in the snow, and my sister and I were there together, and I was saying, I just don't understand why. Dad didn't like me. Why did he not like me? And wow. Lindy, my sister, said, you know, Steve, as perverted as this is going to sound, she said, at least I knew Dad loved me. Well, But she was the much more victimized child. But see, we, we process these things wow. in the way we do. But So having grown up like that, yeah. wow. my picture of God was very, very poor. Yeah. Mm. I, I was raised Seventh-day Adventist, so so it was Doreen. I'll let her talk about that. But... Um, our view of God, my view of God was harsh. Yeah. It was a harsh dictatorial waiting for us to slip up. Yeah. If we didn't keep the Sabbath perfectly, mm-hmm. we weren't going to heaven. Yeah, wow. That was the theology. That, it still is. If I was looking at it just to make sure it was still... Because yes. like, these, <laughs> these, I've, I've left that denomination 40 years ago, we both did, but um, there is a one of the baptismal vows that you make is you say, I agree that this, to keep the Ten Commandments, including, it says, including the Fourth Commandment, which requires observance of the Seventh-day Sabbath. And, and it says that right in your baptismal vows, so we had to agree to that. So anyway, that was the, our view of, of God. I think, and we were both baptized in that uh, denomination, I believe I was saved at a right. young age. I just didn't know that. I didn't think we were taught you could never know you're saved. That was our theology of it. Wow. That's kind of the backstory story of, of yeah. who I was as a kid. We, I'll just say this part. I was in an accident, and I'll let her tell her side of this, but on, on the West Coast when I was in first grade, uh, I was in a bus accident on the way to the Christian school. It's a little, um, they didn't call them minivans, it's a little Volkswagen vans. And I mm-hmm. painted yellow to be a school bus to make it legal. Hmm. And there were about six or seven of us in this minivan, in this van. And we got side, we got slammed on the side. And we um, that thing flipped over twice and landed on its roof, and the seats fell on top of all of us.
2: Mm. And I
1: remember um, as this thing happened, um, thinking as we're sliding, and the back of the thing falls open, uh, uh, the emergency way to get out. And I saw a gas station man running towards us, and I thought, is this what it feels like to die? This must be what it wow. feels like. I'm a six year old. Now, listen to this later that same day, after the hospital visit, I was sitting at my desk at school in first grade. Meanwhile, the bus driver that was flo- that was thrown out was in the hospital for weeks and weeks and weeks. So, uh, but I went back to school. And then she, uh, she wow. had an accident uh, on the West Coast, on the East Coast, where she lived. You want know, to jump in somewhere there?
4: Okay. Well, <clears throat> I grew up on the East Coast. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, when I was six years old, which would have been a year After. afterwards, because uh-huh. we're a year apart, wow. I... At Christmas time was in an accident with my parents Mm -hmm. and I had two older brothers so I was sleeping on their laps because it was nighttime and my folks my dad ran into a car that was you know parked and it was foggy Mm -hmm. so they were killed and we then I was not injured other than they you know checked me for concussion Mm -hmm. Um, but then my aunt and uncle raised me so, you know, I I never had the abuse or anything, but we both had, you know, Tra- issues trauma. to be yeah, prayed over in the years yeah. to come because of our childhood, but mine were way less than his. But, you know, that was, um, we were raised then in the Adventist Church, like, you know, taught all their doctrines. I went to all their schools, and in my life, um, I had a hard time keeping rules. I mean, I really <laughs> tried to keep the rules. And yep. then I would just throw them off because I was like, I just can't do this anymore.
5: Right.
4: And then I'd come back and I'd, because Let's we'd try. have week of prayers and we'd give our hearts to Jesus, but of course we didn't believe that stuck and you mm-hmm. had to do it over and over and over, over. Mm-hmm. and over. Um, and then, you know, you'd do something, you'd say a bad word or you'd do something you weren't supposed to. And. You just do this over and over. And it was this, you know, people in legalistic yeah. religions, that's the way it is. And it's just, so when we found grace eventually, <laughs> it was the most wonderful thing. And when we see the law, yeah, religion, the spirit of religion, yeah, both of us are just like, you, you know
2: we run a as hard yeah we can from
4: that because it's yeah. like it kills you've seen you. what it does It's just you've experienced
2: like, yeah so <laughs> the way Steve described the God he grew up be, it's the same it was same for it's, you he was the rules you know no. the rules guy no real
4: yeah I mean I probably I didn't think he probably was as mean as what Steve thought because yeah. I had a kinder father yeah. fair yeah. figure but I did believe the same thing I mean. You know, we sing little songs in our Sabbath school, and I can't remember what the one was. But you know, he's looking down on you, oh. <laughs> and he's it, it oh,
1: does be careful, it, little hands, what oh, you do. Yeah. Oh, is <laughs> oh, that because the yes. Father, yes. Father's up above and he's looking down in <laughs> love? Oh, be careful, so, little hands, what oh, you do. but you
4: don't think God. love; yes. you think he's gonna squash, yeah, you. squash you, and because I mean, you never felt good enough. Yeah. No, now I read Psalms one thirty nine, and it talks about how he's you know, sees you and his arms are always there and you're Mm -hmm. never out of his sight and that's comforting. Yeah. But back then it was like, oh my goodness, Mm -hmm. he's seeing everything I do and they thought I have oh, you know, it was just traumatic in teenage life. (laughs) So
2: how did you ever meet uh we understand the Seventh day Adventist background, but you're geographically quite separated. I'll let him, as he knew about me
4: before I knew
3: about him. But they weren't geographically separated because when she was six, she
4: moved to the
3: East Coast. Coast, West West Coast. Coast. Well, we hadn't heard that part yet. Yeah,
2: and I
4: was in nursing school in Southern California, well, Northern California one year and Southern one year. And then I stayed down there in Southern California.
1: Well, the bottom line of it is, I went to work for a Christian summer camp, Pine Springs Ranch was the name of it, mm. is the name of it, and the camp director is her brother-in-law. Mm-hmm. That's my brother-in-law, but uh, I was looking for a wife. I just finished school. I had my career as a, a Christian uh, school teacher, fifth and sixth grade. I was The only thing I didn't have was a wife. I, I was ready to go. What I didn't realize is she was ready to go, and was, had finished her nursing career and was probably, I don't know if you'd say you were look, yeah.
5: looking you know, for a husband. In
4: that time, which was this late 70s, yeah. if you were 20 yeah. and weren't yeah. meeting like someone, with
3: you. that yeah. was horrible. That so was, so yeah, you so, said your degree was in education. Yeah, so you were right. a school teacher? I was
1: a school teacher for two years.
3: Wow.
2: I don't think I knew that either. No,
1: the only reason I left it is because I, I liked the kids and I loved the kids, but it was a little monotonous. And every two weeks they'd give me $300. Even back in 1977, that wasn't a good thing. Well, so I, the camp director's wife was Vicki, her sister, actually her cousin sister, because she was yeah, married. Yeah. And uh, she, she knew I was looking around. I was having some girl troubles up at camp. And she says you need to meet my sister, and she named her Big D. We'll call her Big D for Doreen, you know. Just, just <laughs> dream, you know? so so, so I so I would i never didn't even know what she looked like or anything, but I'd go into camp store where Vicky worked, and, and I'd say, hey, have you heard anything from Big D? No, but I'm working on it, you know. So we would That's do so that cute. for literally months. <laughs> that was that was like in the summer, but in October that. Uh, they set up a meeting, it was a Seventh-day Adventist, big conference across the street from Disneyland, and we had a setup. I was gonna meet Big D, but she didn't know I was gonna meet Big D, so, uh, or that we would call her that. Yeah,
3: <laughs> so which is we, ironic anyway, because you're very petite. That's right, and she
1: was, <laughs> and she was there too, but I mean, she, so we had, uh, we got together, we sat together, because somehow they made that work out, I don't know how, but, uh, We hung out for the day. I I wasn't initially head over heels because we played a Bible game that afternoon, and she beat me at all the Bible games. I didn't want to marry a wife that was smarter than me. So that really, I thought, I don't know. But she knew all the players and all who did what, when. You know. So anyway, that was like in October In January. I had the next opportunity to see her. We had an envelope stuffing party for the denomination, and she walked by, and I went wow, and I said, she walked by the door real quick, and I said, Vicki, was that Doreen? And she goes, yeah, and I go, Man, she looks good. i just saying, she looks good. So so, wait,
3: wait, wait, I heard that the first time you met her, she was dressed pretty conservative that's that right. day. The that, next time you saw her in her cute jeans. Yes I did. But you that said it. The I didn't say it. I
0: was going I was I not gonna say. for say <laughs> <laughs> Somebody that's had the, to say
4: it.
1: That's the truth though. That's the truth though. But I mean so it was like this this was the outdoorsy yeah. person that I thought, man, I could relate to that, you know, she was right. So, I was really interested, uh, and then I but I was I had actually gotten the flu, so as I was getting over, it, I even talked to her sister and, "Hey, would you tell Doreen ask her if she would like to come to a, a youth meeting with me?" I mean, I didn't even ask her out first. I had her sister do it for me, so to uh, end my failure or something. But anyway, <laughs> I mean, from that day, so we went out to the first meeting, and from that day, Five weeks later, we were engaged.
0: Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to elijahstreams.com/slash/give.
3: Amazing.
1: Five weeks after we were engaged, we were married. It was just like
0: whew. when it, you know, you know.
3: Oh wow! Yeah. But from your end, Doreen, like, what was that like for
4: you? Did Did you know, like, the first I, or second time you met him? Very close. Wow. To, so probably. Close to around the second. T- I knew before he did. And wow. Interestingly enough, I worked in the hospital where his mom was a night supervisor. or yeah. Maybe she was an IV therapist at that oh, point. Wow.
1: I don't know. But she was the night supervisor, yeah.
4: she. So, you know, we knew each other before probably I knew him. <laughs> but, you know, I knew right you away. You knew my
1: mom before you knew me?
4: Yeah, because I worked with oh, her. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Well you didn't realize that. Well, no, I, I don't think
1: so. Well what happened is my uh once we were engaged, then my mom was felt it was safe to tell me. I'm trying to remember exactly when when she told me this, but she said on after we went to that first date to that youth meeting, I believe it was that night, that you went back and told your friend who also worked at the hospital, was Susie. It the first
4: night?
1: I think so. At first or second, but he you knows some years. You came back it got right back to my mom that she said, He doesn't know it yet, but I'm gonna marry him. Wow. Yeah. So that's the true story. And yeah. I did not know it and I didn't I wasn't sure. But I mean five weeks later I was sure, but I remembered like a week before I, we were engaged, I said, Does don't you, aren't you scared? Wouldn't does aren't you a little scared? And she goes, No. no like <laughs> and that was
2: you were kind of leaking it out. That was how many years ago? Forty Five this June. Mm.
4: Well, 45 that we married. So we were, at this oh, time yeah. okay, of year, yeah. we were engaged. So, so. You,
2: you have 45 years of marriage under yeah. your belt. That's amazing. And when you got married, you both still believed more or less in the advent, totally Adventist, Adventist uh, yes. reality version, version even if it wasn't, uh, you know, enjoyable God in that. When did that change? And did it begin to change at the same time for both of you? Or who led yes. in the change to,
4: I remember, to something new? When we got married, yeah. we started praying together. Yeah, we did every night. Before
1: we got married, we started praying yeah. together. Yeah,
4: but and but every night, you know, when, before we went to sleep, we prayed together, and I remember praying um, that the Lord would bring us closer to Him, but also at the same time to you know to each other and to Him. Yeah. So he, I feel like he really honored he that did. because we left Adventism together. We learned about grace together. together. It wasn't like, you know, we felt like we were trying to chase the other person.
2: Like how many years into the marriage? Only
1: like, let's see, ninety eight four years after we were married. Oh, yeah. Maybe 81, right? Probably three years after we were married. So we were invited to go to a Campus Crusade for Christ Mm -hmm. home Bible study. Now, this was led by Lauren Lillestrand, who was second under Bill Bright. He had Mm 15,000 people. And we were invited to a home group at his house. Wow. So we... we That's cool. And we went there, and it wasn't supposed to be uh, kosher to go to one of those. We were seventh-day admins. We had our own thing. and so it's just cheating. Not, yeah, we really were kind of <laughs> cheating. But they said it was good. And, and so we go, and I had this... I don't even think I brought my Bible. I borrowed their Bible. And this guy, Lauren, started talking about, you can know that you're saved. Well, we were taught you can't know you're saved. Amazing. I started getting angry that he was talking about assurance of salvation, that you could not be sure. I knew that. I was sure. <laughs> and I was an ordained elder in the Adventist church, so I thought I said, Lord, with this Bible, show me. what I know there's something here that you can't know. And the Bible opened. I made it open, and I, my eyes stuck on John 10, 27. It wasn't marked. But it was as if it was marked. It lifted up kind of off the page. Mm-hmm. The room went into slow motion. And it ran. I don't have it exactly memorized, but my sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. And no one can snatch them out of my hand. The Father is greater than oh, me. Wow. No one can snatch them out of the Father's hand, for the Father and I are one. That's assurance. And I had never seen that scripture in my life. Neither had she, right? No, no. I read it to these group what, that had really? three other Adventist couples there. And Claudia, our dear friend, and still is, wow. uh, after we all knelt to pray, which is what they did each time at the at the end of the evening, she was so blown away about me pointing that out that she, as she's kneeling under her breath, she goes into her prayer language. She starts speaking in tongues. And this is at a campus crusade from Christ, so we sort of skipped everything. Skip oh, she went into the supernatural <laughs> all in one night. From yeah. that day... Our lives were upended, and about a year later, we were completely out of the church.
4: And if God had not showed us that, because if you question your yeah. doctrines, yeah. you kn- knew you could be lost. Mm-hmm. That was just our understanding. Yeah. So that he was saying no one could snatch us out of his hands. Yeah. Then we wow. were open to question doctrine. And, and mm-hmm. yeah, Yeah, it, it was okay. And so... You know, that was pivotal. Big deal. That was one of those pivotal things. And in that,
2: (laughs) when did, so the Holy Spirit, things of the Holy Spirit, how soon into the process, how soon after this Campus Crusade stuff, were you running, I know you saw that. I the Campus
1: Crusade, and one of the other members of Campus Crusade then met with me and led me through the four spiritual laws, and I I was dumbfounded at these. People would say things against the four spiritual laws. Those were powerful to me. And they, so I ended up, while he's reading that, and he shows that there's this bridge, and Christ made the bridge. I'm telling you, I started laughing, and I felt like I was being disrespectful to God, (laughs) but I started laughing because it was such good news. I'm sitting at McDonald's with this older man leading me through the four spiritual laws, and of course I prayed to receive Christ. I think I already had him, but this was a whole new level. It was like a bad... Honestly, it was kind of like being baptized in the Holy Spirit at a Campus Crusade McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. So then, within a very short time, it's '82. Claudia, the same one that she had debilitating arthritis, it was like this, and there, she's only 29 years old. It was like a juvenile arthritis that had never left in her. Uh, she had holes in her tennis shoes where her arthritis would stick through. So we, she said to Lauren, "I'm not asking God to heal me. I'm just can't even make it." It's not so bad because she said that's all the faith she had because none of us believed in healing. And when she would serve us, she'd have to use two hands to give us a plate because she she couldn't do it with one hand. It's too much pain, so she'd do that. So Lauren said, well, the Bible does say that if anyone's sick, so he said, maybe next week we'll go ahead and do that. So we go to the house, and we met at a different house that night, and we all gathered around, and someone said, well, we should have some oil. So we went to the their uh, kitchen cabinet got some Wesson cooking oil, and we anointed her with Wesson cooking oil. We didn't know if there was a special oil. And <laughs> we were still praying King James, so we all got around, Lord, if it be thy will. And, yeah. you know... You know it's okay if it's not but if it's okay with you would you you know heal her or make this not They were very weak prayers very <laughs> <laughs> there was no anointing at all that and was the table. first time
3: y'all had ever prayed for somebody to be healed That's the yes. first
1: time so we the prayer finishes in a few minutes and she gets up excuses herself goes down the back uh, into the back room because it was her in-law's house. Catches herself starting to fall into the power of the Spirit. This is Claudia. Wow. Comes out. Comes down the hall, up the hall, and Doreen, and, and the other way, and their eyes meet, and Doreen says, Claudia, you're healed, aren't you? And Claudia says, I don't understand. Wow. Nothing hurts. And yeah. she started doing all that. You know.
2: Awesome.
1: Even to this day, you can tell. Yeah. yeah. It's just amazing when you tell that story because i mean from that moment we were hooked on healing and the supernatural (laughs) yeah the The
2: goodness of god in the land of the living and
3: and you were both there like we hear stories like that and and it's meaningful like in an obvious way but just thinking back about both of your backgrounds and the trauma yeah and the the temptation all those years of your difficult childhood to believe that God was everything that yeah.
5: He
3: that He seemed to be because of your lack of experience of Him and how every time you mm. made a step at all towards the true character and nature of God yeah. that He is loving that He's not legalistic that yeah. He is supernatural in His power He met you like so strongly and I remember you and I were talking about this yesterday, Doreen, and you were saying how it was kind of a shock after that <laughs> that. Oh. Um, you would, you know, when your kids were sick or whatever, they weren't
4: healed every single yeah. time. Yeah. We found the vineyard, and I thought, taking our baby daughter there, she had an ear infection, I thought, she'll be healed. Because they believe in healing. And I, could, I was amazed. There's sick people walking around, <laughs> and they weren't all healed. I went, yeah. So we had to process... Okay, we believe in healing, but why?
1: Doesn't it always happen? It yeah, happen Why don't we have hundred percent success here?
4: Okay, yeah. we're still asking those questions. Exactly. Right? <laughs> we are, right? Mm-hmm. As God's
3: sons and daughters, we're all still asking those questions. But, but how God broke in mm-hmm. to make sure that you were introduced to that aspect of who He is, and how that plays into even now, like the <clears throat> the the roles that you have in the body of Christ with, through Elijah's dreams. So, um, alright, we've heard a little bit about your childhoods, you both went to, you, you were a pediatric nurse, yes. and you were a school teacher, somehow y'all moved down south a little bit towards California and became a part of the vineyard?
1: We were in California at the time in Riverside, in fact when this had all happened and suddenly we, were, we had encountered God, and I always told people that I would missed the Jesus movement because I had, all the hippies did that thing, we saw that movie. Jesus Revolution. So, But someone said, there's this great church. You've got to go to it called Harvest It's in Riverside, California. So we go in, this young 29-year-old preacher named Greg Laurie was <laughs> our pastor for a couple wow. years. We've never met him. He's never met us because it was a massive church. But they were all now young 20s and 30s, and the worship was unlike anything they had seen. This We went to that for two years before I we went to the vineyard. So it was right, it was like a few minutes from where I taught school or had taught school, uh, and then, yeah, so we didn't know that 40, 40 years later they'd make a movie of our pastor's life. But uh,
2: <laughs> So you were touched by the Jesus movement, not yeah, just in and, the way that it was. Yeah, right in the middle of it.
3: Right, because uh,
1: if you, depending on who you ask and when you Google it, the Jesus movement was considered to have gone into the first years of the 80s. Yes. And so technically we walked into Greg Glory's church while the Jesus movement was still going. And I that was when we had encountered God. So we literally had encountered god at that same age i was he was 29 i think by that time i was 26 if i calculated that that recently yeah fascinating stuff yeah
3: one of the things that i have learned about steve as we've just had a lot of time to sit and enjoy each other over this weekend um is that he is naturally very inquisitive yeah and very curious and extremely hungry spiritually and you know, we often say you can't give away what you don't have and, and whoever you do know God to be, that's the God that you're called to reflect and showcase. And you just see through y'all's story a little bit that we're getting a glimpse of that the character and nature of God that you guys fell in love with. It was like a setup from God because sometimes you don't appreciate an aspect of someone until you you realize you never had it and then you like fall in love with it. So here are you guys together falling in love with the face of God, who is the one that we hear, heard about in Jesus revolution. And, and God put y'all from pretty young right in the middle of, of everything he was doing, kind of the, the hub of, yeah. of yeah. what we didn't know at the time. But oh. now looking back, we know it was a hub. And then what are you doing now? I mean, the same thing. You're right in the center, mm. um, you know, creating this this funnel for the voice of God to come through into our generation. Mm. And so you see how he defied the way the enemy, you know, came against both of you yeah. from before yeah. you were born yeah. and set you up that he's, you know, you can almost hear the conversation that that you would know the truth about God so that you wouldn't miss the purpose and the destiny that He had for y'all. And it's that way for every one of you. Listen, like you, 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 there's there's always a journey that every one of us are on that God has planned out, oh, and we just get true. set up. And the, usually the areas that you're hit the hardest in are the areas that you are called eventually to showcase about God. And And so my question for both of you is, what were a couple or one or two of the most defining moments in your life spiritually, individually, that you look back and you know were important to where you are now? I don't know who wants to go first. Doreen? I'll go.
2: I think Doreen's ready.
4: <laughs> I, well, just, you know, what we just shared, obviously, yeah, about right. coming out, learning God's grace. But that was the beginning was learning we were not lost. We could question the Lord, and we did over and over. Because we went through Romans, we questioned him all the time and cried literal tears, help us, Lord, help. And he pulled out all of our family members that lived in the area. They all moved. You know, we were left we alone. poison to
1: them, literally. It's like, they left.
4: Because
3: yeah. they were all Adventists. Yeah, yeah.
1: So. I don't know if they left on purpose because they no. didn't want to be around. It just happened, <laughs> you know? But it felt like, it literally yeah. felt yeah. like, wow, everyone that we've ever maintained a friendship with from that denomination, they were gone. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, I think there was a part of us that knew that it was pulling it up. But anyway. Yeah,
4: we did. We knew that that allowed us... To question and yeah. and it allowed us to lose, let loose of our childhood doctrines. Yeah, and then we were in la la land. We didn't know what we believed, but we knew God loved us. That's the only thing we really knew for a few years as we learned more. So that was very pivotal. And then I think one of the other pivotal things that um, was um, quite a few. Uh, trying to think how many years later, probably about. Six or seven years later, and we were um, financially had lost just about everything, yeah, and then we, we had lost our church because of the Elijah list. <laughs> yeah, and so it was really, really hard emotionally, mm-hmm. and that's when God gave, He, He led me through Hebrews twelve and thirteen, over and over, and Hebrews thirteen five and six in my amplified Bible, which I don't have here and it's not memories perfect, but it's, he'll never leave us. He'll mm-hmm. never forsake us. But in the amplified, it just goes on. You know, mm-hmm. he, I will not, I will mm-hmm. not, I will not leave you or forsake mm-hmm. you because wow. we felt so forsaken right yeah. now.
5: Wow. Yeah.
4: And I said, okay, yeah. I can trust you. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah.
4: I cannot trust my feelings because I feel forsaken. Yeah. But I can trust your word. And I had to go back over and over. But it was very defining for yeah. me. And mm. I chose yeah. yeah to trust him. And it took a while for him to work through our circumstances, our you know yeah. till we felt less forsaken, until he brought us out of that place. He took us to a yeah. new place and our spiritual walk and where we lived and and then you know you realize yes and then then we were okay for a while you know for a few years and then then another hard trial came when you were ill for a long time Mm -hmm. and i but i said then i had that Mm -hmm. i said you did it for me, and I can't feel it now either.
5: Yeah,
4: it's too hard. It's too many years. Yeah. I feel forsaken, but I know. Yeah, you did not forsake me, and you're not forsaking me. And He brought us through again. And wow, that's very defining to me because I you. keep yeah. going back to that verse. You know, if I'm having a hard day, you go back and. Nope, he won't ever forsake me. It's like where you're rooted. I, I was just
2: going to say go the obvious thing is that yeah, when you're six years old and you lose your parents, there is going to be a whisper that the enemy is going to bring. Yeah, over there is definitely a certain. Sure there's a reason <laughs> that would be the scripture that stays <laughs> with true. you and means, I mean, it means something to all of us a lot. But the lie the enemy is telling you, he's a God who will forsake you. Yes. He's a God who will forsake you. Mm-hmm. And so any chance he gets to revisit that but that's what
4: Yeah, you can't really trust. Yes. Yeah. Yes, he'll help this person, but he let you do it happen exactly. this happen. He let this happen to him. So can we really trust him? But so he'll he built those things. Yeah, yeah you're right. No. In us. So before you um
3: share your part, Steve, I just want to dig in a little bit more there. Um you know it, it's it's so interesting when you look back at um, that wrestling that you're talking about. I think so many can relate to that. We have places in our life where we just, it's that pivotal time of, are we going to dig in and really allow this to become a foundation that God can build on? Or are we going to get stuck there and, and become offended with God and wow. kind of have to circle that mountain again and again? And, and I hear you saying that, you know, you, the Holy Spirit graced you to be able to let go and move forward with the Lord and not get offended. And I also know that between the two of you, it seems like to me, there literally isn't an area that hasn't been severely tested in your life. <laughs> and and part so that of that, that I think so many can relate to. And, and I realized that in any one of these areas, if you had gotten stuck, yeah. y'all literally would not be able to do what you're doing right now.
5: Exactly.
3: And, and I know that you couldn't do. You, no. I'm putting words in your mouth no. that I just know are there. You couldn't do what you're doing with Elijah Streams without Not, all yeah. that you guys have. Yeah,
1: totally. It's all been of us
3: together. That, that's right.
0: Like what you're hearing, help us continue to make Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Head to ElijahStreams.com/slash/give now. Back to the show. And so,
3: you know, one of the big tests that you just kind of went over. You don't have to go in great depth into, but was. When you guys started the Elijah List, it was in your home. And if I remember correctly, you were part of a church that you just loved, that y'all fit into. You were a big part of serving and, and some level of leadership. And, you know, tell a little bit more about that. And then I'm sure Steve will have some more to
4: add to that. Yeah. <laughs> so he experienced more, you know, the c- confrontations. and But, you know, we were part of the worship team. We had home groups. So we were very um, integrated in there. And, your and kids
3: were a part of the church? They, As a family, yeah, we, were we were really involved.
4: homeschool parents. So we also were part of the homeschool community of a few parents there in very close friendships. So when that all fell apart, you can tell how that happened. But because of the beginnings of the Elijah yeah. list which were so tiny, but yeah, so you know, tiny. I think
2: control jealousy, the, the leadership
4: shepherding movement I think had affected uh, mm-hmm. that. And um, so since they we couldn't be controlled
5: Yes, that made <laughs> be the enemy.
4: We had to leave because we couldn't just sit there and not do anything because we had been an inner part. But it was That was very painful because then you're in the same community. I mean, it's a small town. You see each other sometimes or even at the soccer games and the kids continue to be friends. And it was so, it was a very painful, that's why, you know, you feel the forsakenness of used to be friends that no longer believe in you and Mm. support you. And Mm. that was... So it's a hard. In some ways, imagine place... if they hadn't forgiven
3: and they hadn't been yeah. able to personally move on with the Lord. So many people connect their relationship with God to the leadership or the church that they're a part of that they get wounded by, and it's a rite of passage. I'm convinced for every Christian to have a horrible <laughs> church experience. <laughs> but if you allow it to sideline you, if they had allowed it to sideline them, I mean, you're you're serving the whole body of Christ. In our generation, and there was, if you had developed a bitterness, mm, yes, true. how
4: could you serve like you are now? There is a quote that I had heard from somebody, and I've heard it over and over, but the bitterness one.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: Lord, make me bit. Don't let me be bitter. Let, let me, me become be. better. Yeah. Mm. That was my prayer. That's, wow. That's good. I mean, I think we heard it early on, and that was yeah. what my prayer.
2: Well, as we go to uh, Steve, yeah, this is such a big deal because I think in some ways people hear about losing your parents and they hear about abuse by your own parent and, and yeah, you could have talked a lot longer and, and how just oh, yeah. unimaginable horrible. but in some ways there's a part of, there's a part of it that is harder um, when you feel like, okay, we're over yeah. that.' We're with, we're with our tribe. God has mm-hmm. restored that whole thing and here we are. this is our thriving community. we have our family and mm-hmm. and then that wow. thing gets pulled out. That often can be a harder thing to um, recover. But you're right. If they don't, we don't have the blessing to the body of Christ right now. But Steve, that or any other Yeah, well, let they...
1: me, my two, let me go back to the same one. Because that encounter that yeah. night in 81 changed our lives in an instant. And I, you know, she said earlier that she kind of rebelled and didn't really like trying to obey the rules and keep the law. I was the opposite. I was the law keeper of this two. I was the law keeper of my family. I was the only one that was an ordained elder in the church, which I guess was a big thing back then at the Adventist church, but I liked keeping the law. Now, I sucked at it. I wasn't good at it, but I liked, I was a law keeper. And then Sabbath came, I kept the Sabbath. I, before mm-hmm. the sun went down, I didn't do anything I wasn't supposed to. And at the, you know, it's Friday night to Saturday night, you respected that. I was a law keeper. So when I went to that Campus Crusade for Christ, I was not looking for truth. I was looking to give truth Mm. because I knew the truth. I would go by Sunday keeping churches and say to myself, those poor people, they don't know they're lost. Mm -hmm. And I would mean it because that's the way I was trained. So when I went there, I had that attitude in my heart. I wasn't seeking humbly after God. And he chose, I will will never understand why he did that Mm. because my attitude sucked. (laughs) <laughs> it was like Saul, you know. Mm. <laughs> wow. And um, it seems like retracing those steps just kind of brings that yeah. amazement back. to why did he do that? Wow. You know, because we've had all kinds of people that were our contemporaries that have watched this for forty years, and they don't want anything to do with our mm. version of God and all. And so that's why I say it makes no sense that God would do that. But anyway, that was, mm. so that tells me so much about my God. Yeah. So we had moved about eight years later to, or a couple of years in Dallas, Texas. We were going to a vineyard there. And the assistant pastor took me out to dinner once or at lunch. And he began to talk about that there were these prophets of the vineyards. we starting to have this prophet. They're named Paul Kane and Rick Joyner and Bob. I said, wait a minute are you telling me that there's actual prophets for today? <laughs> oh. And he goes, yes, I am. And I, I all I can tell you guys is I knew in that moment my life would never be the same wow. because of that. You had a recognition. I didn't know why I wasn't hearing the voice of the Lord or anything. I just knew it would never be the same. And weeks later, he was already jettisoning and getting rid of his um, intrigue about the prophets. He didn't really like where it was going with the prophets. And... And we had these discussions and another couple of lunches, and he said, "Steve, you know what? If anyone can get a blessing out of the prophets, you can." But you know, he was, oh, wow, so he meant that, I guess, as a compliment. <laughs> sort of yes. sort of kind of a so that, that
3: sign and didn't know yeah, it. Ironically,
4: so so, <laughs> yeah.
1: the, so I started just immersing myself in anything I could learn, and the thing that God graced me and this with. This is what
3: year? Around?
1: This is about 1990 okay. when he said that, and. Um, so this is about eight years after we first had this encounter. And uh, I began immersing myself, getting every tape of the month, reading the Morning Star Journal, different tapes, Bob Jones and all that. And God seemed to grace me with something that I didn't have to work for. And that was when I saw something that was er- errant or that somebody made a mistake, I just knew that that just meant that there are people that don't make that mistake and something can be learned. I didn't. I didn't naturally struggle like so many do because they'd say, "Well, then I don't want anything to do with problems. If he can't get it right, there's no problem." I didn't have that, so uh, it it kept me kind of going. But at the same time, I probably was a little less patient with people that had a harder go because I didn't have to work at it. You know, if that makes sense. We went then. By then, uh, a few more years later, so now we're about to 1997, and we started the Elijah list 1997. Things were going so well; they got me on this staff. I was a pastoral staff, and then I became the prophetic pastor of that church, which is Vineyard. And uh, that lasted about a year and a half. And on Thanksgiving Eve, we get a call from the assistant pastor, and he's—I won't say the name of the He said, "This person and me, we need to see you right now wow. in the office." I, and I looked at Doreen, and our hearts sank because we didn't know what it was.
2: But you could tell where it was going. It gone. was
1: really bad, whatever this was. Oh. And I go to this meeting, and they began to say, they. I had had their permission to use my, when I spoke at that church, to use that as a tape of the month. They saw this happening. But then they saw a sizable donation of 5000 that came to me. One donation. And like And I never oh, saw that, wow. a donation that it size was for an years later. It was an, there's a whole miracle story now. But they heard about that. And that started them, mm. the ball rolling, they called me in, they said, you can't prophesy on tape because, and I said, because it's going to look like you're selling prophecies. So I said, but I'm not selling prophecies, but it's going to look like you're selling prophecies. And they said, well, okay, well, what if I don't take any donations at all? And I just prophesy? No, you can't do that. And I say, why can't I do that? Because we can't pastor that. We don't know how to pastor that. You can't do that. You have to stop doing that we want to. you to go get a job and the, you know they game they gave me the, you know the weekend to think about it we would meet again and i thought so i went out after that meeting and i thought "Doreen doesn't know this yet but we're leaving this church after mm. seven years eight years she doesn't even know i'm going to go tell her we're leaving and of course i did and then i had the the meeting I didn't say we're leaving, but I it was. It looked like we were leaving. Uh, so I had the final meeting, and I, they said, "Well, what's your decision?" I said, "Well, let me get this straight. You're saying that if I prophesy to anyone in the ministry that I, can, that I can't, that you're removing me from ministry, you're removing me from the pastor, you can't, and the two home groups that are doing, I can't do." They said, "That's right." And so I, the, the assistant pastor said, "So what's your decision?" I said. I'm leaving." And, and he starts crying and he goes, well, why are you leaving? And I said, and I this I, this I heard come out of my mouth. It, it wasn't arrogance, well, it might sound like arrogance. I just said, all of a sudden I said, I must be about my father's business. And I, I knew that that was a prophetic statement, yeah. but I yeah. wasn't trying to be you know no. in their face about it. Mm. And the assistant pastor's crying yes, he did. They were our good friends, but we said goodbye. Yeah. and uh, moved away and most of those friends just they disappeared on us you
2: know let me ask you one question with it i know there's so many more could do but so the word elijah because there's elijah streams it was elijah list you have elijah clips you have so elijah 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 how did the name elijah i tried come? to
1: remember because i had it as it was just a prophetic word list we originally called it that mm-hmm. way for weeks months maybe and i thought there's no punch to it and i would ponder, and all of a sudden, one day, Elijah came to me, and I said, Elijah, lift. That's It was kind of like that. Well, that's good. And I had had a scripture that had been up on, I don't know if it had been up on my wall, but it's Malachi 4, 6, was, restore the hearts of the fathers to the children, children to the fathers, and that was an Elijah coming, and I think that was in my head as well, so that's kind of how that came about. Uh.
3: <laughs> so... Just in case somebody, you know, maybe they've just started watching recently your your Elijah streams. And when you refer back to Elijah list, this just started out as, you know, you're you're on staff and you're teaching people about the prophetic. You're reading all these prophetic words, like from Morningstar, whatever. And you just decided one day, I think I want to kind of start compiling them and sending well, them out every, in an email to my friends. a little short story
1: to that because yeah. I, three years before I had started the Elijah list. In uh, 1994, I'd taken prophetic training at CI. They taught me Christian how to prophesy. Christian International. And I, they taught me how to prophesy. So, Bill between, Yes. So between 94 and 97, when it started, I, I had this DNA of Christian International, Bishop Hammond, and then I would start to see 96. The web came out, and then lists started coming out. Right then. And I would be following these prophetic words and people would start saying, would be publishing words to say, the church is a stench in the nostrils of God, God's people are a stench in his nostrils, America's a stench in his and I thought, what's with all this in the nostrils of God, and what, what's
3: all this anger towards God,
1: and I said, this is not the way I was taught to prophesy, right. this is the wrong, side. and it's not
3: the God that you know, not even. No, yeah. and
1: so I thought, well, maybe I could start a lesson, I as God is my witness, I had only an intention in my heart to to do a little local friends list. I put, I think there was forty is the number. I'm not maybe that maybe it was thirty, but thirty or forty names with the local church. Um, an email lo- list. An email list. Uh-huh. And I made up, a, and then I got two or three really good, potent, encouraging words. I sent it out one night, just to my thirty or forty. The next day, from another state an email comes and says subscribe please and i'm going subscribe please (laughs) and and i I thought well i I guess i don't mind if somebody else gets this and then the next thing subscribe please subscribe by the time we were asked to leave we had a thousand and that was a huge threat to the local church you know now we're and it's zenith, it was probably three hundred thousand. Now, when it's gone down a little bit because Elijah streams is the big thing, yeah. So it's got about two hundred thousand. So
3: it. initially, you were also doing the cassette of the month, where you would actually also prophesy. Yeah. So well, this started with your own prophetic gift.
1: Yeah, and what I would do, and and, and I, they actually had a point when they said they said, "Well, it will sound like you're selling a prophecy," because I said I would. Leave a message. I mean, I would make the tape and do a teaching, and I did prophesy on that teaching tape. But I said, anyone that wants to sow in this ministry, because you know we had three or four people that would donate <laughs> some little tiny thing. So I was just playing around with. I want to anyone that would donate, I'd be happy to prophesy, and I was yeah. just practicing the gift. Yeah. And that's what got me in trouble. And I understand that they would yeah. say, well, that will sound like you're selling gifts, but. Then I said, well, then I won't take money. What if I just prophesied? Right. That was where the rubber made the road. You realize that it wasn't really
2: the answer. <laughs> <was> really about <laughs> <Yeah>. that.
3: Which <laughs> even you starting off with your own prophetic gifting yeah. gave y'all the discernment to be able to, you know, understand there is a standard for prophetic words, yeah. prophetic gift, and to know how to pick from all that's out there and available to right now, you have way more prophetic voices that you could than you could possibly oh, ever yeah. have on your programs yeah. or on the Elijah list. Back
1: then, but now the Holy
3: Spirit shows you. Back then
1: you could look and look and look, and you might you, you just had Bob Jones, Paul Paul Keith, Davis, Rick Joyner, John Paul Jackson. Then you'd find a few stragglers, and you could get maybe ten or twelve. And then the, the search was on to find someone that was prophesying now. There's thousands of people prophesying for yes. your life, so it's a totally different... You
2: probably have if, to turn down a high oh, percent, yeah. 90% of what comes we in, and do. We we do. you really have to learn the relationship. Yeah. Well, so here's a, uh, a question for each of you. So we'll ask Steve first. Steve, what is something that everyone should know about Doreen? And then Doreen, we're going to ask you, what is something everyone <laughs> should know about Steve that they don't know? We'll put it okay,
1: this one, you know, you told me that was that question we knew was coming because you told us a few minutes before we went on the yeah. air and I thought the one that, the thing that I wanted to say just popped in my head. So um, our middle child, Danielle, I don't remember the circumstances of why she did it. I think she was a little bit mad at dad or something, <laughs> but she was, she's a very, you know, we love all of our kids very, very dearly. But she was talking to me and she was just telling me about mom and she said, mom is the closest person to Jesus of anyone I've ever known Wow. and that's a real high compliment in other words from your own child that's
3: pretty yeah so yeah. it's true but yeah that's
2: that's mm-hmm. pretty good
4: so that, wow. that that was so um Steve is such a supporter mm. of me as a woman wow and of women God showed him a picture one time in a dream or vision or something. It, I don't even really remember what it was, but saying that to look at things from a woman's mm. viewpoint or oh, something. Oh, there was like,
1: the church. I had a word. It was called the church of the woman's viewpoint. Yeah. I didn't think about that till oh, I, 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 and I never he never thought is that.
4: so good at that. Yeah. Wow, to really see the heart of women and supporting women in ministry i don't want to be yeah. out front in ministry but he's fine with that but he supports women who Definitely, do yeah. want to be and has always pushed that forward and i s- just really appreciate that because you know i know that's so not that's not a that's not, common thing yeah out in the christian world and that's so not good.
2: commonly known about yeah uh steve but yeah you think about the voices that are on the live streams and the ones that have been on the Elijah list, you're like, yeah. And a lot of these might have been, and I'm sure at some point we're suppressed from the body of Christ still has been a little bit chauvinistic by nature, even yeah. in the spirit-filled camp. And so yeah. it, it requires someone who has a yeah, different you, way of thinking about it. definitely processing.
3: don't see that on the light streams or Elijah <laughs> no. list. You
2: don't see the the, the, the bias. No, yeah. Yeah, that's okay. what's... And of course, I like that I have four daughters and six sisters and like surrounded with estrogen all my life. So, So did you have a last question, Elizabeth? I do. I have
3: one last question. Okay, from each of you. We'll start with Steve. Steve, what is something about Elijah List or Elijah Streams that you are excited about?
1: Well, I'm excited about the the streams, is where it's mostly happening. One of the words that Received from Prophet is that the time was coming when the Elijah list would almost be a footnote compared yeah. mm-hmm. to what Elijah Streams is doing. But you know, we have amazing favor on on us, and we're giving away lots and lots of money. Uh,
2: How many wells have you got we in Uganda? We've got field?
1: like what's well, about I, I we're probably about 110 wells wow. in Uganda, and each one of those is a life changing thing. We're doing things in the states, and you know, we'll probably give away double the money. I think I, I came up with a number, that I said it on the show the other day, not, the, not an actual number, but I said we have about 30 employees and looked at the salaries that we pay, all 30 of us combined. And then I looked at the amount we're giving away to causes in the kingdom, you know, not mm-hmm. just Wells but other right. ministries. And we're giving away three times right now the amount. Of, of what, we're, uh, what we're paying ourselves, so that seemed like a good number. It's but awesome. that's to me, that's like a starting point because it'll just get more and more. So that that's I, something I just want to do being. more and more giving away um, of money and kingdom king, into kingdom things, and it's everything from crisis situations to the wells that you know about to water situations where we we've, we've given bottles bottles of water, empty bottles, so people could go fill up their water. Mm. Where they could do it when, when the power was out. We've done all kinds of crazy things. We even have helped public schools with, with teaching uh, here. You know, talk about supporting the kingdom, whether it's Christian or non Christian.
0: Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit slash give and become a partner today.
1: Where they didn't have money for school supplies, yeah. we supported some public school teachers, you know, kingdom yeah. stuff, so do more of that. So no,
2: good. Just what we know is, yeah, and it's it's not like just small offerings, there'll be a 50000 for for uh, something really special in Africa we know about, and there's somebody doing stadium things, 100000 there, so... Um, it's uh, it's substantial things that even just what we know, what I know about, and I think you've had conversations with me. I think we've had conversations that you and Doreen years ago used to feel like the Lord had told you you'd be able to. That was one of your yes, it was. We'll say your highlight dreams in life is yes, we're right. going to be able to be a blessing to many many people, and the Lord's allowed this season to be when you step in. Is that is that correct? You yeah, yes, correct. Have... And and
1: you, years ago, eighty seven. Uh, I woke up in the middle of the night, and the Lord said, I just heard the voice in my head. He says, Well Ministries, and then, then there's a hesitating, and then he said, Little Orphan Children. And it took 30 years for that to come to pass, but finally all yeah. the pieces fell into place. So and then I began to, when uh, their stadium events started happening, I thought, Man, I want to finance some stadium events. So we've done a few of those. <clears throat> Maybe not the whole thing. We did finance an entire um we don't call them crusades in Israel because that's a bad yes, word. wrong word. Man. But there was an event in Israel yeah. with 300 Jewish people uh, from Ukraine had moved over here and all 300 of them uh, it received the Lord publicly a few weeks ago. Mm. In this event, they took them on a tour of all of Israel that was all expenses paid and we mm. paid, I I think we paid, I can't remember if we paid the whole thing or a part of it, but it would be a big chunk of it. Yeah. It was really fun to do that for them. So Thank
3: One it. of the things, we Things I wanted to point out before Doreen, Doreen, yeah. Doreen, yeah takes her turn. You know, for those of you that are either going to be in ministry one day or you are in ministry, I just want to state the obvious here for a second. Um, you know, a ministry like Elijah's Dreams could have seen an increase in donations and immediately thought, how could we do what we're doing oh, even oh. more? you know, and build huge, big, wonderful studios and,
2: you know, hire 30
3: more people, you know, like the, the, the way that they were pre-wired Yeah. before they were, Blessed. they were stewards over little before they mm-hmm. became stewards over much. And the Lord, that's where he goes. And not only that, but obviously What do all of us want to invest in financially? We want to invest in people in situations that feel real, authentic. There's humility there and that it's not all going inward. You know, their, their ministry can always use more because they can build bigger, better studios, whatever the things are but their first primary goal was outward and so you guys saw that you saw that they wanted to do something special in africa with the water and these other projects and there will be more projects in the future but the point is is that god is looking for those who want to partner with him to do the stuff out there and so even though their ministry their ministry is worth putting funds into they are always looking for places outward to put funds sure. into. Therefore, they're a conduit for wealth to be distributed into kingdom things. And, hmm. you know, again, personally, how y'all were challenged financially. There were years when yeah. you, you did not have no. enough for your own family. <laughs> no. And so the way God just allows us to go through testing, to do something deep so that we can be t- can be um, trusted in the years to come, and I just again honor you guys for that. Okay. So, let Doreen, so Doreen, yeah, what's one of the things that you're
4: excited about
3: about a the life position,
2: yeah. yeah. Yeah.
4: I mean, I think part of just what he shared about yes. the gi- giving out uh, this—that's just fun. Mm-hmm. So many times we'll say, "This is just so fun," you know, yes. and and we have help with people that are helping us find place. Good, yeah. You know, so that's not hard. For us, you know, it doesn't make it hard on us, but but it just makes it fun. And but then the Elijah's dreams has been, you know, so pivotal in encouragement to the body of Christ. But in the early days, it would be like you know the whole week would go by with him doing a show every week. I mean, every day, and it would encourage us and build us up. And then over the weekend. I'm so depressed again. Mm -hmm. You know, it would build us up again. And, uh, but we really needed it. And I still, it's like, I have to see every show or listen. I Mm -hmm. listen on the road or I listen when I'm walking the dog and it's just builds us up. And Mm -hmm. I know it's doing that to people Mm -hmm. everywhere Mm -hmm. in the world. And it's like, that's to me so exciting because we don't really get in touch with it very often. We, talk about it once in a while we're like oh it's just kind of overwhelming <laughs> and but it's true it it helps of God's using us yes. Yeah, right? just us <laughs> that's true and it's kind of hard to grasp but mm. it, he encourages us and allows us to help encourage the world and that just <clears throat> touches maybe because
5: Mm. No, that's like it's amazing.
4: God, He's so good, and that, <laughs> that's how you that guys
3: started—was started. finding prophetic words that encouraged y'all yeah, that otherwise. you wanted to share with others, and you were faithful with that. And now, now you're doing it on a level. whole other <clears throat> level. That's right,
2: from all around the world. And I know,
3: you know, you guys have future projects that you're also excited about that you use Elijah and Elijah List to announce as they come out. But we're just so blown away with with um, how God is position y'all and we we see the story behind the story and i i love it that people are getting to hear a little bit of that
2: yeah and i think just our closing i think we're gonna close in prayer are we sure is um I'll, i'll just thank steve for who you've been who you've been for the body of christ the things you've overcome even in the things that we have stated we haven't begun to go into the things you really have to uh Overcome I mean those were all significant we're talking about, but there are while he's doing the elijah list um years and years of physical illness getting yeah. down under a hundred pounds yeah. while nobody really knew it, and being targeted from you know prophetic is targeted from the rest of the body of christ yeah. so. And it specifically was back when you're starting it, it's like you're 90 percent have you in the in rifle mode trying to uh, take you out. And then there's the witchcraft, the real witchcraft. Mm-hmm. You know, some of that stuff works as witchcraft in the body of Christ as well. But then down to the point of being infiltrated um, in, into his own uh, ministry, people find a way. Witches try to figure a way to come on staff in different ways. So that the stuff that has to be overcome. Not currently. N- not currently. <laughs> no, they're great people right Yeah, We're just saying That's those right. are um, the things you have to overcome along the way. Mm-hmm. It's been ongoing, nonstop. They're, they're still overcoming. Um, uh, you know, the enemy still throws everything at them. So uh, you're part of me in... Appreciating Steve in front of you is to remind you the value of praying for them. Uh, praying for Steve and Doreen and covering covering them. It's not been an easy, it's not an easy call the Lord's given to us. That's why he had to pick people that overcame some severe things because they are the ones that have to keep insisting under under fire. And it's complicated stuff. It's within the body of Christ, people trying to. Uh, redirect and move the prophetic ministry, and it's witchcraft, and it's targeted in every kind of way, and and you know, governmentally, uh, the last couple of years being knocked off YouTube and whatever else. Oh, yeah. And so the the persecution comes from all angles. But I want to thank you and honor you for enduring all that, Steve, and for yeah. persevering. Yep. And persevering, and I think what everybody can pick up from our conversation is just the authenticity and humility that's in both of them. They're still like, oh, darn shucks, how did God use us in a way? <laughs> and you know why God's uh, yeah. using them with the story you've heard today. So I just want to honor you for that. Thank you. God bless
1: you.
3: Yeah, I mean, both of you, I, I know that if, you know, evidently millions could thank you personally, then they would, and... We're just grateful for your friendship and the, even just, you know, the way that you guys have blessed our ministry and Johnny by having him on, um, definitely catapulted Johnny to another level of, um, exposure in a good way. And and
1: I just wanted to say this right back at you because this has really been, people may not know this, this watching this, but. The, the explosion of Elijah's Stream started when Johnny Lo, I don't know, you must have done it by text, I don't think it was a phone call, you, I think, but you sent me, word, this is right after the election, before the election was stolen, about 10 to 12 days, you said, uh, Steve, you should do a, t- a show 10 days in a row with Kat Kerr, ending in the, in the, on the election day. And we, we moved it over one day, and we ended it one day after the election day, and I said, okay, I'll, I just received it as a word, and I, I felt like it was a word, so I was going to obey it. But then Kat had to say yes. She immediately said yes, and when we obeyed that word from Johnny, Kat and I did 10 days in a row, and this thing took off. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were getting on the show a few hundred views in a day, and now many of our shows get two hundred thousand, some of them go up to three hundred thousand, a few rare ones go up to that I mean that's huge. We interviewed Laura Trump, Laura Logan and uh, Eric, Trump. Eric Trump It's just crazy. I mean, it's just crazy. But it started with that word, so that's I just scary. honor you for that. So
2: Well well thank you. The only thing yeah, I said I and I believe you and Elias both prosper doing this, but I didn't know that it would prosper to it. like the Lord really did just he did jump on it and it in a, in a difficult season for the nations and for our nation Yeah, so many people have told us that the voice that the hope that's come to them the clarity um, even in the midst of imperfectly, imperfectly. Perfectly, I was going with my Spanish thing. Perfectamente, uh, <laughs> perfectly prophesying. They're, the the truth that has come out has been so helpful. Anyway, yeah. I
3: just I want to just say one last thing about Elijah's dreams. Steve is depending on when you've kind of come on board. He's not just a host who interviews people. Like this, all started as an overflow of his personal relationship yeah. with God and it will always be that way. Yeah. He is pivotal. He is he is just as significant prophetic voice as anyone that he will ever interview on there. His prophetic gift looks different, sounds different, and it's a little more behind the scenes in this season of his life, and it looks like the two of them talking and hearing from the Lord who and how to push other voices forward, pull different ones back at different times and, and hear from the Lord. What's, what projects do we focus on? What, how do we steer the finances that you've entrusted Mm. us with? It's prophetic is throughout the whole thing. And even when, you know, there's sometimes like, I see your comments on there. You'll say, well, (laughs) Steve interrupts. Yes, he interrupts and he's supposed to interrupt. <laughs> the only reason the person's on there that you're enjoying listening to is because he heard from the Lord to bring them on there. And so I want to just encourage you guys to draw on the prophetic gift that's in Steve as much as you do anyone else that he's interviewing. Oftentimes, the Lord will give him something to ask for a reason, yeah. no, you know, yeah. and even if not, It's his show. (laughs) So
5: you
3: know, it's his show. And and um and I just know that um you know there there are some ways that you've been able because when we never know when you do programs like this, you don't know what's the most honoring way to refer to you guys? Are you our audience? Are you our followers? Like what is it like you're you're people that we care about and brothers that more and importantly, sisters. you are brothers and sisters, more importantly, we all feel an accountability to the Lord for how we steward whatever impact we're having in your lives. So we don't take for granted that you're giving time and attention to something that we're putting forward. And I know that about you guys. And so um, there, there are shifts that major shifts that we've been through in our short lifetimes, that will continue and be probably even more critical in the years to come. And as Elijah streams continues to go forward, um, it's really important—not just who's on there and giving prophetic words and encouragement and all that, but but Steve has a finger on the pulse of. Of the overall, this big picture river that we're all traveling down together, mm-hmm. and you can yeah. trust it. I mean, they're they're. It's not flashy. It's not. It's not anything that's as, you know. I, I'm just reminded of this one story, and I know we're not going to go into it right now. But somebody that was talking to Steve one time, and he was telling this story. And it was the most unlikely person that came to his house to kill a skunk. So ask him about that later. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it wasn't to kill the skunk. It was to
1: get rid to of get it. Trap yeah.
3: the skunk. But the guy just really in a strange way looks at him and says, "Would you recognize the Holy Spirit if he was speaking to you right now?"
1: I know. Yeah.
3: And I'm asking you guys that. There are times when the Holy Spirit is speaking through Steve and through the overall Flavor that they're allowing the the Elijah streams to kind of flow in and out of, even into some of you. You will watch, you know, certain ones that are your favorites. But what about the Elijah um, fire yeah, from the next generation? Elijah fire, the next Elijah,
1: generation. Yeah, the next you know, show, yeah. the
3: Lord showed you who to put in those roles, Jeff and others mm-hmm. that are bringing in new younger voices or voices that have something to say to the younger generation, and all of these are important. So. Anyway, I've kind of belabored the point, but we love you guys very much, and we're excited to keep cheering for y'all and and your whole team there, the In the
2: the words of my my sister, Lenny, she says, would you tell Steve when you see him that he is the kindest interviewer? That I've ever seen in my life.
1: <laughs> and that's a very kind... She she has kindness to say that. Very nice. Very nice. Wow. No.
3: Yeah.
2: And so, yeah. Anyway, we're so excited. Well
3: done so far. <laughs> well done so far. Thank you. Yeah.
2: So, did you have the prayer?
3: Sure, I'll pray.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm.
3: Lord, we just pray for, yeah. um, for those that are watching right now. God, yeah. we ask that you would just speak to their hearts, let them yeah. enter into the bigger picture of what we've been talking about, even how you take us in our journey and you, you partner with us in ways that we never even realized you were preparing us for. And we know that's the case with every person here. Every single person has something they're called to, um, an impact they're, they're created to have with you as an overflow of all of the wrestling and the things they go through in their own lives with you. God, we pray for each one of them that they would just come through and persevere so that they can bear that fruit and those good works that you um, have set aside for them, that, that people would look and see your light coming through them and their lives, like we're seeing in Stephen Doreen. And God, we pray and bless, um, pray for and bless Elijah Streams. God, yes, everything Lord. that you're doing, every penny that you have allowed to come through that ministry and go out and Touched the world in your name, we ask that that would just continue and even increase. And we bless Steve and Doreen mm. and every one of their children, their their um, son and daughter in laws, and their their grandchildren and the legacy that they have. God, we just pray for um, just your heart, whatever your heart is for all of them, the way they've blessed us and, and the body of Christ. We just pray that same blessing back on them, yes, Lord, many, many times over. And uh, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 All right, thanks for joining us on Someone You Should Know, and we hope that you will tune in to many of the other episodes that we have. Um, and of course, if you have somehow missed being a part of Elijah Streams or the Elijah List, make sure that you go to...
1: ElijahStreams.com
3: ElijahStreams.com. We'll put the uh, link in the description here and um yeah tune in there's so many great voices there and things that you can be a part of we'll see you next time
0: this has been elijah streams thanks for listening for more episodes like this you can listen to the elijah streams podcast at elijahstreams.com on apple google and spotify Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com give to become a partner today.